In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. When we think of Christians as a group, uh, particularly in the context of the larger culture, I'm curious, what words, what adjectives uh, do you think come to mind for most folks? Put it in another way, how do you think that they might describe us? Maybe judgmental or strict, people who take themselves too seriously, people who are hypocritical, people who are traditional, whatever that means, people who hate change, people who aren't fun, who don't know how to have a good time, who wouldn't know a good time if it came up and introduced itself to us. Well, bumping up against all of that, all of those stereotypes, all those words and adjectives, comes our gospel passage for today. Comes a story about joy and abundance and the inbreaking of God in the context of a party in the middle of a great banquet, of a great wedding feast. But I think it might be helpful before we get into the story a little too far to begin with some context. And what I think it's helpful to know is that right before the wonder of the wedding at Cana comes uh, what we might call an important vignette. Um, and in that vignette, what we see is Jesus calling some of the first disciples and who he calls is Andrew um, and Peter and Philip. And what's important about this scene What's central to these call narratives is that the way that Andrew, Peter, and Philip come to know Christ, come to know the Messiah, is by seeing him. They come to know by seeing him. But in the midst of their amazement and what we might call uh, their early discipleship glow, their early discipleship glow, what Jesus essentially says to them is, oh friends, you haven't seen anything yet. Just you wait, just you wait. And so it is then jumping from that sentiment that three days later, Jesus, his disciples, and Mary, the mother of our Lord, find themselves at a wedding banquet in Cana. But as we know, there is a problem. There's a problem, there's an issue. And what that problem is, is that it looks like the, the wedding hosts um, are about to run out of wine. They're about to run out of wine. Well, in light of that problem, it seems that Mary and Jesus then seem to get into a little bit of an argument about what to do about this problem at the wedding, which personally I just love. Uh, because honestly, when you think about it, what could be more human than getting into it at somebody else's wedding with your mom? Uh, that's not the point. That's uh, not the point. That's just a little aside from James. Um, <laughs> The point is, the point is uh, what Jesus says in this particular conversation. Um, he talks about timing. He talks about when and where the divine will be disclosed in the days ahead. And the first sign, one disclosure of Christ's divinity, comes by way of this wedding in Cana, the story that we read this morning, where Jesus transforms the water, filling these six enormous jugs. We're told they're like 20 to 30 gallon jugs. These six enormous jugs. 
He turns the water that's in them into wine, and not just wine, but the finest wine, which is pretty incredible, but you might be tempted to ask, what's the point? Uh, what is the so what in this story? Well, in my view, as we make our way through this epiphany season, what you might start to notice is that God is not telling us what the kingdom of God is like. He's showing us. He's showing us. And in this epiphany season, that showing begins with a star that points the wise men in all of creation to the infant Jesus. God shows his presence through the gift of the incarnation, through the gift of Emmanuel, the gift of God with us. And in that showing, God says the kingdom of God looks like new life, new life that comes with skin and bones and infant cries to live and dwell and make a home here among us. That's what he's showing us. That's what this kingdom of God is like. And speaking of new life, last week when we celebrated the baptism of our Lord, God showed us that through water and sacrament, we too have a role to play in God's story. Like Jesus, we too have a ministry to begin that points to God's reign. He's showing us through water, through sacrament, through baptism. And bringing it back to today, what we can see, what we can lift up and feast on is the assurance that this kingdom life, that this life is one of unending abundance. Well, no doubt one of the reasons Christian community is called to gather around a table week after week is to show. It is to show and to remind that this way of Jesus can't go on. It can't go on if it isn't gathering everyone, if it isn't feeding people with bread and wine and gospel. We show that to people all the time. And thinking about these stories we have read these past few weeks, I've been thinking about what my hope is for today. And I think that my hope is, is that we will return to the heart of it, that we will come to be people who show the rest of the world, all of creation, what this kingdom life is like. And when we do show them, I hope that we will do so by saying that it's about joy. It's about joy, it's about joy, it's about joy. Because what we know is that on the other side of sadness and grief, on the other side of death and the grave, we know that there is a thunderous banquet. We know that there is a feast where the tables have no end. We know that there is a party where everyone, everyone is invited. We know that there is good reason to be joyful. And so what could be better than that? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.